the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Smooth like butter, sweet like honey. Looks so good like she made off money. She's blonde, five foot two, and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. It's a woman's world. Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea K. Show. Exciting uh, hour ahead for you guys. It looks like we might have possibly some results a little bit later on in this Georgia race. In fact, there's a network already calling it, but we're not going to call it yet because we want to see how things play out. We've got that story to share with you guys. We've got uh, some, some Mitch McConnell news and what happened today in terms of January 6th committee to share with you guys. Uh, we got some insanity known as uh, Shark Week being accused of being racist, but we still Start this hour like we do every Tuesday with Gary Quackenbush from GQ Law. Y'all can hear him every day, and I know you do, at 2 p.m. on Word on Wealth. And he joins me now, like always, at 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. Hello, my dear friend. Hello, my dear friend. How are you doing, Andrea? Well, I'm good, except I'm a little sad because, and I, I did mention it on last night's show, there was so much going on, um, but Kirstie Alley, who I just loved so much, I just loved her work, she was just a hilarious uh, comedic actress, uh, passed away suddenly. Nobody knew that she was struggling with cancer, and um, so she's passed away, and um, that's sad because she was one of my favorite celebs. She was fun. She's one of those where... Uh, I don't know. I can't say there's some way you say, I don't mind that they passed away. That's not fun for anybody. But yeah, she was nice. She was always, I don't know, I always thought she was very, she was cool. Yeah, she was. And, you know, I never heard, she she was was one of these celebrities. You never heard really any controversies about her in terms of her working with any of her co-stars. I mean, we hear so much about, you know, um, these uh, out of control celebs these days. And she was one that I guess it was just a lovely human being. And so and of course, for me, I was telling Skins Mm -hmm. before the show, um, there used to be a TV show that I would watch. I'm always thinking, what does she have a will? What is she doing? (laughs) Because I used to watch a TV show to where celebrities wills were read. And um, I don't know if you ever heard of that show, um, but I'm always curious what the situation there is um, with the estate. So um, we'll see. I I am too because I would just I, I would love it if this were one of the situations where they go yes you know Kirstie Alley and she has she has a couple of kids and um, I think she's a grandma and mm-hmm. you know she was 71 years old and she had her estate plan in order. I know that would be, I'm I'm nerding out on that, but I think that would be totally cool. I would love to hear that side of things like hey somebody actually thought thought forward and I. I think if anybody would do it, it'd be probably Kirstie Alley. She just seems kind of pretty level-headed. Well, she seems like the type that would. I mean, you know, I I don't know if you even know who Aaron Carter is. Uh, is, His older brother was Nick Carter of the Backstreet Boys, and uh, he was the younger brother and and, uh, a child celebrity, and it ended up being a sad story of drug addiction. And he uh, was a a singer and uh, successful in his own right, and he passed away suddenly, like like, um, Whitney Houston. 
and he was found in a bathtub and uh, I guess a, a drug a drug overdose dose at that oh. point new father and there's a probate battle there's a fight going on Gary Quackenbush because yep. um, he you know his he, he had a child with this woman who was not his wife and now there's quite the battle going on uh, apparently for his estate um, okay. so yeah that it's it happens to everybody. Nobody's exempt from it. Whether you're Aaron Carter worth, uh, you know, a half a million dollars or, you know, Kirsty, it doesn't, it, we're not exempt from it. It, it that, it's one of the things I talked about on my show today mm-hmm. was we literally were talking about, you know, being prepared. In fact, Noah was really good and chiming in on the show and he was saying, what about a handwritten will? What about, um, if I just left a note, what about if I type something out and had it notarized? We're kind of going through these scenarios and, and I'd say, nope. And he goes, well, well, what about, nope. Well, what, what, what about, I go, we got to do it right here. We got to do it right. So yeah, because the hand, the note, by the way, didn't work for Anne Hayes. No. The family's fighting right now because she thought, I think it was an email. She thought just sending an email would just, hey, hey, by the way, um, ex-boyfriend, um, baby daddy to my second child, I want everything to go to you. And um, ex-husband and father of first child's like, no, it ain't working that way. <laughs> so, right. you know, and here we are. So um, what did you guys talk about? I heard you guys talked a bit today about something called holographic wills. And I'm like, what is that? The, I, the only hollow I know of about is like a hologram. What is a holographic? will <laughs> the, the and the funny thing when the term hologram came out i went well that's kind of weird because holographic just means it was written all by hand a holographic will is a will if i write it all out by my you know myself and i say you know i gary quackenbush you know when i die i want this you know all my money to go to my wife and then i sign it that's my holographic will so holographic means i wrote it all out myself by hand and i signed it myself so there's no other uh, nobody did it for me. It wasn't like I had, you know, my secretary write it out by hand or my uh, my grandson that decided he wanted my entire estate. So he wrote it out by hand and said, here, Grandpa, sign this. I need your autograph. You know, it's um, so holographic has to be completely done in that person's hand. We actually I had a case. This was many years ago. And I I thought this was one of those things that you hear in law school and that don't really exist, but literally we had a probate going on and um, somebody came in to contest the probate with a brown paper bag with (laughs) felt pen writing on it that literally said, I give my entire estate to my housekeeper named so-and-so and he signed it. And it was dated after the written will that we had. And so it was literally considered that the paper bag was put in probate in competition with the written will that we had and it was it was af- it was dated after the written you know the actual typed out official will so we ended up looking at it and it was literally was dated later and the guy was it was legitimate it would we you know it was proven that it was in that guy's handwriting and it was signed by him and it was proven that that was his signature so that was his last will not his next to the last will so that was literally his last will of course, the battle is, well, come on, was there undue influence? You know, what, you know, yeah, he wrote it out by hand, but was he forced by the housekeeper who was standing there, you know, with the, with the mop, you know, pointed in his face? I don't know. <laughs> right. But, um, it was pretty much determined that he wasn't under, you know, under the, the evil influence of the housekeeper or anything like that. That's just what he decided to do to take care of his housekeeper. So we ended up settling it, but, <clears throat> I thought it was, you know, I thought, you know, somebody comes in with a paper bag written in felt pen and went, I 
you kidding me? That's the stuff that, you know, law school cases are made of. No, that's the stuff that Gary's cases are made of. <laughs> the Gary's case. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I work. guess you attract the whack. Um, but but I now there I'm confused go. because if a holographic will is just somebody hand, some, something <clears throat> handwritten, why is a note not acceptable? Well, if somebody does, if it's a note, but see, they have to, they have to have some evidence of that's their last, that's their will. That it's the last note, that it's the last, yeah. okay. This I is my will, this is what I want done. So it's like, for example, if somebody writes out a note and it says, you know, um, I want, um, after I die, I want my son to have my car and my daughter to have this and I want to have that. And it's like, and then it's signed. Well, you know, is that really their last will? That's what he wanted. It's, is he mm-hmm. just giving instructions for the car? And so it, there's kind of a standard. They have to at least get to the point where they say, this is what I want. So the paper bag thing, that was the challenge for them. It was obvious. It was, it was the person that actually did it and signed it. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, it showed intention of what he wanted, but he basically said, you know, after I die, I want all this stuff given to my housekeeper that that, that showed that that was his intention. And that that was his, you know, after I die declaration. So how so can- notes, it's a little different than a note because it actually showed intention of this is, you know, if we're saying a note is, you know, if we're referring to a note is I write a note that says, yeah, I, okay, I'm writing this out. This is my last one. Yeah, that's, it's a handwritten note, but it's clear that it had testamentary intention that that's what he intended to have happen after he died. Right. Well, I mean, what's the, how, what's the commonality of a handwritten, I mean, how good could a handwritten note be? Because if you've hired an attorney, if you've got any kind of estate, any kind of anything, I wouldn't imagine that this would be common because I wouldn't imagine any attorney, a proper estate planning in my, I guess my point is, wouldn't uh-huh. involve handwriting because it should involve having an attorney and then maybe you know something might be typed up and printed right and so what usually will happen is if there is kind of a note and the note is dated you know a little bit after like the you know the typed up estate plan like let's say you do a real estate plan and you have a trust and a will and you know all the stuff that you need to do to, to do it right and then somebody writes out a note that says oh and i want my I want my truck to go to my son and I want my jewelry to go to my daughter and I want my timeshare to go to this good friend of mine. Well, it shows intention, but is it legally enforceable? And the answer is going to be, well, no, because he wasn't saying, you know, this is my final desire. It was kind of his direction to his uh, trust administrator. Like, hey, um, when you're dividing things up, I'd like my son to have the truck. So then he could say, okay, the truck's worth $20,000. So that's instead of giving you 20,000 cash, here's the title to the truck. Okay. So they're kind of like they're dead hand control, they're voice from the grave, they're instructions, but that thing saying, and I want $25,000 to go over to my, um, you know, this a friend of mine that I met the other day, that's going to be something where I think people would put their foot down and say, no, that's not his, you know, that's not his testamentary intention. And beside the fact that there's no cash in his estate, it's all in his trust, you know, because that's the other thing, too, is where is the money if it's all in trust and you write a note saying, give everything to my good friend. Well, everything that is not in the trust is all that can be controlled by that note, which may be nothing. Gotcha. Speaking of money, um, before I let you go, there was uh, we had a, a plane crash that happened here. A pilot flew a plane into somebody's home, and I guess hit, uh, the estate for the pilot is being sued. Um, what mm-hmm. does that mean? Because if somebody dies and you know wife gets everything, aren't they really suing the wife? 
the well no not really because his is the the transfer doesn't immediately happen to spouse it, it depends on what their pro- what property exists right okay um some property passes just by operation of law like if it's joint title that would pass immediately um but there are some things like uh, if it's not joint title if it's stuff that's in his name if it's his separate property then there is an estate that could be sued Oh, because I thought, well, that's yeah. kind of cruel because it's like, I mean, obviously this person didn't fly the plane into this home intentionally yeah. and destroy property or kill anybody. And now we've got the family that's being, I mean, look, I mean, I, I, you know, I guess somebody needs to be compensated. I don't know. Um, it just seems, it, it just seems to me just because you can doesn't mean you should. And, you know, oh, I understand you, you know, and I'm looking at don't the, t- don't tell the lawyers that they're well, out of business. Well, yeah, right. Because I mean, it's like, okay, did the, did, did whoever, did, did whoever that home not have homeowners insurance or did homeowners mm-hmm. insurance not cover that accident and now you're going to go and you know the, I don't think this was a wealthy pilot and so I'm thinking you know the poor family you know has yeah. now got to battle somebody going after the quote estate because people think of the estate they don't realize that there's actually people involved right yeah yeah and that's the thing with the estate it it's probably going to be half like you know if they have a community property estate then half the community is automatically hers it's not his to give mm-hmm. and so it would be half of the community and then probably his separate property if there was any but so, yeah the the thing is creditors get paid and it does seem totally unfair you know they they're going after the estate trying to fig- determine that it won't be everything that he owned it's only going to be of of anything that was community it's going to be half and i've had situations where I mean, we uh, I had one situation where there was a tax lien. I mean, it was huge, like three hundred seventy-five thousand dollars tax lien, mm-hmm. and it was um, uh, not husband and wife, but a couple that that basically were joint title, and the guy owned all that money, owed all that money to the IRS, and when he died, the house passed to his girlfriend <gasps> by right of survivorship, and the federal t- the IRS did not get paid because it passed by operation of law. So that could happen with the house. I mean, that's the thing. The house, if that was in California, the place yes, the plane. It was San Diego. If, okay. So San Diego, then there's a the homestead exemption. So if they own a home, um, then there's the the home is excluded from okay. creditor attachment up to like six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay. So there'll be some attachment, but they're they're trying to get insurance coverage. That's why they right. sue the, the estate and they're trying to get insurance and the homeowners his homeowners will kick in his car insurance, their car insurance, the deceased person, all the insurance companies kind of get, they they all kind of get in this frantic thing of who's going to pay what, and they're just trying to figure out who's going to pay the most. Is there a way to avoid that with estate planning? I mean, you can't predict that your husband's going to fly a plane into somebody's house, but is there a way to like maybe through trust to have all your all your assets put in a trust so that you're protected in this kind of scenario? You know, when we talk about asset protection trust where you're trying to make it so that you don't have any property in your name and that if mm-hmm. you know there's an accident and insurance didn't cover it, um, those are going to be like irrevers- irreverse, I'm sorry, irrevocable asset protection trust. Those do exist. Um, they're really tricky. Um, it's usually not part of an estate plan. It's part of like a, a asset protection plan, you know, with LLC corporation uh-huh. and then um, irrevocable trusts. Lots to think about. Oh, yeah. Lots oh, to yeah. think about in order to protect stuff. your assets, to protect your family, and, and, and also to protect them not just financially, um, but their peace of mind should you pass away. How can people get a hold of you, my man? 855-500-TRUST. 
or GQLaw.com. All right. Thank you for being here, my dear one. Thanks, Andrea. Have a good evening. Thank See you, All righty. Now, you guys stay tuned because we got uh, Brian Maloney's going to be here with a special report going on about Georgia. One uh, network has called the race already for Warnock. We'll see what Brian Maloney has to say when we come back. You're listening to somebody who tells it like it is. Andrea Kay on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Newsmax, believe it or not, was the first to call the race in Georgia for Warnock, and CNN hasn't called it for Warnock yet. So the question is, has Brian Maloney called it for Warnock or Walker yet? And what does he think? And he is back with us to give and an update. And he's eating fried chicken. And he's eating, uh, and he's eating some fried chicken in I honor did, of uh, the fried chicken lovers down in the South. What say you, my man? How's the race? Well, so, he, you know, so the thing is this. I mean, uh, the... Herschel Walker is actually running better than he did a month ago. I mean, we should say that. That's fair. Oh, CNN just called it for Warnock a second ago. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just while I was looking at my screen, it updated to that. Uh, but the bottom line is, you know, this, this is so close. We should have won this. Yeah. Uh, you know, I told you an hour ago about the spending difference, and I did get the number on that. So Herschel Walker had $149 million spent on this race. Uh, Warnock had $248 million. Wow. We're talking about almost $100 million more the Democrats had to spend. And this vote came down to, right now, Warnock is ahead by only 26,000 votes. So, I mean, you know, I still don't know how they can call it because you've got a lot of late absentees coming yeah. in. You don't know what votes are left to count. And even in those blue counties around Atlanta, the last votes that they're counting are in the further out areas that are less liberal. So I still don't quite know how they're doing this. I mean, it, you know, if, if a race, if a Republican's only ahead by 26,000 votes, they never call no. it for the Republican ever, no, never, ever. Ever, but when the Democrats ahead by twenty, you know, whatever, then they call it, and then nobody dare question that, or you're a denier. So that's right. what we live with all the time yep. uh, in this crazy world. But the bottom line here is that it's a close race. We should have won this. Mitch well, Brent, I'll ask you. Want to ask you off the air? Do you think Walker should concede, or do you think he should hold the line? Uh, I think he should just hang in there and see what happens because you don't know. I mean. There's still a little bit left to come from Fulton County, but not a ton. And actually, Walker's not doing it quite as horribly there as he was because, again, they start counting the areas that are a little further out um, and the further reaches. They're not counting, you know, downtown Atlanta anymore. So, you know, they're counting the, the, the further corners. So, uh, I mean, and also this could be close enough for a recount. If you start getting a bunch of late absentees or whatever – um, you know, that make this closer than it is now. Maybe it's worth exploring that. I, I wouldn't give this up yet. I certainly wouldn't do it just because CNN called it. But the bottom line is you fire Mitch McConnell tonight. You, yep. fi- you don't let him anywhere near Senate campaign funds ever again. We've been right. fighting him for 25 years. Yep. He's been killing us every election for 25 years. And Ronna McDaniel, you fire her. But, you know, you were talking about last hour about, you know, Harmie Dillon. And we've also had Lee Zeldin in this race, too, to replace Ronna McDaniel, who, by the way, is related to Mitt Romney, of yeah. course. Um, 
we've got Paul Ryan on the board of Fox. How we ever win anything with this going on? But but Harmeet tweeted a few minutes ago that she was talking to because you know this this uh, RNC leadership race comes down to just the votes of like 182 people or something. It's 168. Like the, 168. Oh, I'm sorry, the committee of 168. Forgive me. Yeah. Okay, so the committee of 168. So she was talking to one of the 168. Who said, "Well, you know, I, uh, you know, Harmeen, I'm in favor of just keeping things uh, status quo the way they've been, you know." And and she said, "But, but, you know, seriously, Harmeet said, but the donors aren't going to donate to you again. I mean, they're not going to keep throwing money no. at these losing races." And I, and I guess this woman told her, "Well, you know, uh, the donors don't decide who the next RNC chair is." <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. well, there goes our party. You know, if the 168 want to give a third term to Ron and McDaniel with results like this and have Kevin as the speaker and Mitch killing us in every Mitch lost every Senate race that was competitive this year, that guy controls the money. You know, he won the he won the races. Right. He won the races he wanted to win. Lisa Murkowski. Right. Right. That was the race he wanted to win. He wanted Fetterman to win. He wanted right. he wanted Blake Masters to lose in Arizona. He did. What, he what, did. What we have going on is a uniparty system that is working together to stop the MAGA movement. Because it's about getting rid of MAGA, just like they got rid of the Tea Party. This is about getting rid of MAGA and solidifying the uniparty status quo. And I had Congressman Biggs on last hour. And, you know, and and, and shame on Mark Levin. Shame on any of the rest of them trying to convince you that it's a mistake for anybody uh, to go up against Kevin McCarthy. What the mistake is, is continuing to trust the same people that are in that are coordinated with the far left in this country to completely drive this, this country is already over the cliff by the way we're hanging right. by the it's like an 18 wheeler that's over the cliff and one right. tire in the back is 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 keeping the 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 big rig from going completely over and 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 congressman biggs is like hey you know it's insane to try to continue to expect anything different from the same people that have dri- driven the big rig over the cliff well and none of us are going to work for this party again no. with these people Done. in charge we're not going to lift a finger not and a we're thing. not going to donate a dollar and one thing Harmeet said was she wants to stop all those abusive fundraising emails that they send out 20 times a day telling you're an, you know telling you that you're an idiot if you don't send money they're you know like basically using this negative language toward people um, very abusive. I don't know if you've seen any of those yeah, emails. You must yeah. have a thousand, and you're in. Most of them go into my spam folder now. And every once in a while, I look at my spam, and I think, oh, I can't believe they send out emails like this. And what do they do with the money? There's also reports today that Ron and McDaniel's been living the high life uh, as RNC chair with private jets and Nordstrom right. shopping sprees. Oh, you yeah. Saw that? You saw that, too? Well, yeah. I saw Harmeet Dillon this morning on Charlie Kirk's show, and she said their cost of fundraising is 40%. Charlie Kirk is like, what? I run a nonprofit as part Turning Point Action, and our and our fundraising expense is at 6%. And that's when yeah. Harmeet's like, well, that's, I guess, because you don't have people uh, charging off private jets and little right, retreats exactly. because in the, private debt. Yeah, yeah because and, and like uh, the little retreat that uh they ran off on during the runoff elections in january of 2021 i'm here to tell you right now you know um it, it, uh, there are 75 million maga people should be saying either you get rid of ronna mcdaniel mitch mcconnell and kevin mccarthy or we are we're done 
We're absolutely yeah, and, done. And it's up to us to, to stand up, to rise up and say, we can't do this again because the country won't survive it. As you said, no. the country is hanging by a thread. This isn't about our political system anymore. No. Um, this is about America. It's not going to make it until 2024. And we all know it. We all know that the system, everything around us is at the breaking point. Next year is going to be 2023 is going to be full of massive layoffs. Uh, You know, and bills no one can afford and food no one can afford to buy. We know what the future looks like. We're going at it 100 miles an hour right now. Mm -hmm. And all they want to do in Washington is the same, the same, the same. And we're going to we're not going to make it. I mean, they're going to kill us. Well, you know what? There's a meme that um, Brigitte Gabriel posted on Instagram today, and it was a before and after of Venezuela. And it was in one generation. Venezuela on the left had stocked shelves, and they were one of the most yeah. prosperous nations in the world because of their oil and uh, their system and their oil and energy independence and, and, and production. And now, you know, they're, they're um, still in a state of having to eat the family pets. And that's the track that we're on. And it so, is. and I am just fed up and disgusted with the Republican Party tonight because there is absolutely no excuse for why Warnock walked away with that. And I believe and I said that I didn't have any confidence in it. And I know that there were people no. today in the Republican Party in Georgia that di- didn't want to be dejected because they wanted people to get out and vote today. Um, but this is this is what the Republican Party is happy with tonight. And let me tell you, there was a di- some people were saying and, and um, that, oh, well, it didn't really make a difference. Well, I, I've tried to explain and others have tried to explain that when we had 50-50, um, we had power because um, yeah. because then um, the, the tiebreaker would go to Kamala Harris, and we had two Democrats, uh, Kirsten Sinema and Manchin, yeah. that were kind of the firewall for us. But at 51-49, um, the, the balance has completely shifted because all they got to do is pick off one. That their, Manchin yeah, and Sinema exactly. can't can't stick together and it's kind of the only thing that would save us is if cinema's worried about her re-election next time in arizona but i mean you look at arizona you know i don't know if you're her you think i don't know what to do here because you know democrats are doing pretty well but but maybe also you're afraid of what the your own party's gonna do i mean they could probably you know make Manchin switch to the the gop or whatever but why should he if democrats have the majority so really, you look at there's there's no real good option here. Every opportunity was blown mm-hmm. to gain seats by Mitch McConnell, including a month later. I mean, we here we get this chance for a do over uh, and we blow it again. I mean, there's just no excuse. We can't have a party like this uh, because nobody is going to donate time or money or effort or even turn out to vote. For a party that doesn't seem to want to win. Well, they don't want to win. They want, they want, well, they, they, first of all, they like being the minority party. That's where they're comfortable because then they can, and, and they think we're so stupid that we don't realize that by being the minority party, they can continue to fundraise off of false promises they never intend to fulfill that they proved the minute that Trump, uh, you know, gave them the White House in addition to both, both houses of Congress. And, um, and then they can try to hide behind those false promises while they're working with the Democrats to transform this country. I have been saying for a long time since before, uh, since during the Bush administration, 
uh, that the Republican Party um, was just as much about big government as the Democrats. They just were pretending that they weren't. And um, and and the proof was in John McCain getting off of his deathbed to go and stop the the um, the getting rid of Obamacare. Right. right. And, and there and while Paul Ryan was building a big, fat, beautiful wall around his house in Wisconsin, uh, he, he, you know, was perfectly fine funding Barack Obama's refugee program and leaving the border wall, uh, the border completely open. And he and he actually said on a campaign speech when he was at, um when he was in the Senate, that he felt that he was as much a representative of citizens around the world as he was citizens of the U.S. So that's the real Republican Party. That's the and we real- have to get Paul Ryan off the Fox board. That's our next thing. We got to get yeah. that guy off. Yeah. Well, we we've got to get Ronna McDaniel off of the RNC. What we've got to be doing is anybody who's got any kind of voice, and you've got a whole lot of followers at Red Wave America. Um, those of us at, at, at Real America's Voice, my friend Gina there, anybody at Newsmax, any anybody who claims to be a conservative and part of the MAGA movement needs to say you're not going to get another dime out of us Republican Party. We're absolutely. absolutely. In fact, Trump. What Trump should do tomorrow is announce that he is running in 2024 and as a third party candidate. Yeah, there you go. That would be the way to do it. Because what were the Republicans doing all this time over the last few days? And a lot of people have been pointing this out. You know, what was Mitch McConnell doing this morning? He was with that that J6 uh, circus this morning, and then they snubbed him. You know, I mean, what a joke. And then apologizing for because Trump supposedly wants to uh, let go of the Constitution, which he never said. He never said that. No. He didn't. He didn't say that. But of course, uh, they're going to be him and Yunkin out of Virginia and all the rest. And Mike Pence are going to are going to lie and mischaracterize what Trump said. And of course, the legacy media is going to go along with it uh, because this was this is about uh, getting rid of us and and, and telling Absolutely. us plebs to sit down and shut up. That's what's going on here. Well, you know what, Republican Party, you are about to be you are about to be killed off. You're about yeah, well, to be killed we off. We have to get mad enough because our futures are at stake here and that of our families, our children. I mean, our survival is at stake here. This isn't about Washington politics. This is about day to day survival. Uh, and that's the bottom line here. These people are in the way of our survival. Uh, yep. and, and that, you know. It, so it can't be this, I'm afraid to get involved. or No, 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 no. Are you afraid to starve to death? Because that's what's going to happen if you don't get involved. Well, yeah. Um, and that's not being hyperbolic. No. That's not no, being not hyperbolic. We're at. We are looking, we're staring into an abyss in 2023. Yeah, because let me tell you, they're going to be pushing through. They're going to be getting rid of the filibuster and they're going to be pushing yeah. through making D.C. a state. They're going to be pushing through making Puerto Absolutely. Rico a state. They're going to be pushing through the centralization of our elections. They're going to be pushing through every far left thing they can think of. They, they can hey, think it's of like pushing. you and I say, Andrea, 2024 is not going to matter. It won't matter. No, well, if, if they make D.C. a state and Puerto Rico a state, no election will ever matter again. We will never, ever regain a Senate majority, ever. So those things right there in federalizing elections, they'll, it'll be a permanent one-party state. At that point, you might as well live in New Jersey or you might as well live in, you know, one of these, these single-party states like Rhode Island or I guess even in California, whatever, I mean – I've you been know, saying for have everybody move to Florida. That no. plan didn't work. That didn't, you know, having everybody that's that's 
uh, you know, conservative move to one state. It was right. I mean, I'm a fan of. Je- I got to tell you this, and I got to let you go. We're past the point of a break. Yeah, I love Jesse Kelly, but it's like it, it, I can't. I had to turn him off because all he wants to talk about is move to a red state, move to a red state, move to a red state. Well, first of all, not everybody can leave California, and second of no. all, now I was talking to Miranda Kahn. She was filling in for uh, I can't remember what show on REV yesterday, and she was telling me off the break that rents have skyrocketed so high in Florida. She her rent went up $600 a month and somebody else she knows their rent went up $3,000 a month and not everybody can move you know that's not a solution but we got to be thinking about a serious solution at this point if it's maybe it's not splitting this 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 country apart somehow some way or you know or a third party and you know Trump would really be the only one something's got to give something's got to give because got to give yeah we only have a house majority right now because districts in California and New York flipped red yeah. That has to be hammered home. I'm going to start yelling, shouting that every single day because that the idea that we just give up on states like California and New York, forget it. We're not going to do that. No. We're going to fight these battles in these states. Right. All right, Brian Maloney, thank you for calling in. Got to leave it there, my friend. You We're bet. well past the point of a break. Going to take a break, and I am going to talk about that Jan 6 spectacle that took place today, which is absolutely insulting to anybody with a brain that's been paying attention. Stay tuned. This is the Andrea K Show. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Before the break, Brian Maloney was talking about the disgusting display that took place today involving Jan 6, and it involved Mitch McConnell uh, and thanking the Capitol Police for saving our country. It was so dishonest, so intellectually insulting. The Capitol Police were the ones who let the rioters in and shoved and shoved the barricades back, right? It was the Capitol Police. The only people who died that day were not Capitol Police. It was two unarmed women. Here's what he had to say today, the jack wagon clip three. On-duty officers held the line. Off-duty officers left their families and raced back here. Local officers from surrounding areas and federal personnel from multiple agencies rushed to the scene and joined forces to help clear the Capitol and restore law and order. Because of your bravery and professionalism, Congress finished our job that very night. Because you honored your oaths to support and defend the Constitution, we were I able can't even listen. To I can't, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Skins. I can't even listen to that. We were able to finish our job. No, the Capitol Police pulling the barricades back and opening the doors is what stopped the job from taking place. And we're not stupid and we know it. That's what stopped. And I believe it was right in the middle of Ted Cruz standing there with somebody from the House to demand an election commission and to not count those electors. And yeah, that's they weren't what it, able to finish doing their it job. Was, exactly. It wasn't the Capitol Police that defended the Constitution. They stopped it from being defended. That's what took place. And this is exactly why I'm angry and what Brian Maloney and I were talking about, about that Republican Party needs to be killed off as we know it. We need an America First Party, and it's not the Republicans. And the thing is, Mitch McConnell goes on to say, you had our backs. You, you thanks for uh, thank you for saving our country. Who who was he talking to? It wasn't the left because let me tell you, Brian Sicknick, the officer who died of a heart attack. What two days later, 
the lies that were told that he died because some MAGA person hit him with a fire extinguisher and then they laid his body in the middle of the Capitol. Complete show. Lies. Every bit of that was lies. His brother today refused to shake Mitch McConnell's hand. So Mitch McConnell throwing Trump and MAGA and lying to the American people about the Capitol Police are not appreciated by anybody by the left. Might be appreciated, though, by the Uniparty because that's really who they're trying to save here with these lies. Let me tell you who they should really be thinking about today. This from Greg Price. During the 2020 BLM riots, a 29-year-old police officer named Shea Michelonis became a quadriplegic after he was shot in the head during a riot in Las Vegas. Where was the big ceremony for him? Where's his medal of honor? More than 2,000 officers were injured during the Summer of Love. Where's their Congressional Medal of Honor ceremony? This makes me sick to my stomach. I'm so angry I cannot even tell you. We're done. Absolutely done with this crap. Not another dime, Republican Party. In fact, I'm going to change my registration. I'm no longer going to be a registered Republican. And I don't know what that means. Because really, we're, we're a two-party system at this point. But you're not going to get another minute of support from me in any way, shape, or form. I did that, done. to be honest, years ago. Absolutely done. And I'm done with this segment. I've got to take a break and calm down. Maybe we've got to shift gears and talk about somebody that's, that's less deadly. And that's sharks and Shark Week. <laughs> and i got a story about the Great Reset that might be coming to a town near you. Stay tuned. Going to need a bigger show. Yeah. <laughs> Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. All right, let's have a little fun, shall we? At the expense of the woke. You want to know how dire what a state is that America is, is the big rig hanging off by, with just one tire in the back? Shark Week has been blasted. For- Andrea, I read this. I about lost my mind. I'm like, there is no way. <laughs> Shark Week is racist. I mean, and this is like a legit story. This is from WAPO, the Washington Post. They probably, what? yeah, they published a report Monday slamming Discovery Channel Shark Week for uh, for featuring too many white males as shark experts and continuing to peddle negative messages about sharks. Okay, so first of all, um, if the industry of shark experts is are, are white males, yeah. what are they supposed to do? Hire actors who are who are dark skinned to pretend to be shark experts just to try? I mean, just to try to lie to people and then feed them a script. I mean, talk about an industry that you really need to know what you're doing. You got to pick the, the the people that are that are the trained ones, and if they only have white individuals to choose from, Andrea, what are they supposed to do? I, I mean, is is Scripps Institute of Oceanography here in La Jolla? Have they been discriminating against all the black applicants for people who wanted to study at the Shrimp Institute? Uh, shrimp at the Scripps Institute of Oceanography? Are there any schools that are denying you know uh, black people the opportunity to be marine biologists? Knock it off. Who wrote this study? By the, and by the way, and, and since when is negative messages about sharks racist? How is that wrong? I didn't know sharks had a race. Right? And by the way, the shark attacks that we've had, that we've been reporting on, like the woman that was attacked recently off the coast of Del Mar, I think it was 15th Street recently, she was white. Okay? So, you know, it's not like these sharks are going around just chomping on black people when they attack. Bethany, Bethany Hamilton was white. Right. It was a tiger shark. 
This is so insane. The person who wrote the study, her... Uh, <laughs> Her name is Lisa Whitenack. <laughs> is it, did she write the study skins because she hates herself because she's white and her last name is Whitenack? Is that what this is about? This stuff up. <laughs> her yeah, her project observed quote that Discovery's programming emphasized negative messages about sharks lacked useful messaging about shark conservation and overwhelmingly featured white men as experts, including several with the same name. Same name, white men? Is that what we're talking? This is like, um, wow. White Knack noted um, that the, the biologists love sharks as a kid and watch Shark Week every summer. This is just, this is absolutely cuckoo. Um, the, her, the piece went on to say, when the scientist appeared on the, on her TV screen, she rarely saw any women she could look up to. Um, really? I mean, I kind of, who remembers Rod and Valerie Taylor, right? Remember Rod and Valerie Taylor from the eighties? Valerie Taylor went down in a suit that was, um, it was like, I can't remember the type of material it was, but to test whether or not it was shark proof, right? And I can remember watching this with my brother when I was a kid, that she intentionally put her arm out there and the shark chomped down on the arm and bit through her little suit, okay? If you're, you're not anybody that has ever, you cannot call yourself somebody who understands or has been watching shark reporting and shark week if you don't know that there are women out there like Ocean Ramsey, okay, and Valerie Taylor. In fact, women were at the forefront of shark discovery. Idiot. The piece claimed when the pandemic lockdowns came in 2020, she saw an opportunity to study the source of her old misconceptions. Was Shark Week feeding audiences the wrong message about sharks? And who studies them? Somebody needs to study you. In fact, what you need to do, lady, is you need to go and get yourself some therapy. Because you're seeing the boogeyman, you're seeing racism, you're seeing misogyny where there isn't any. And I'm not sure what the cause is of your delusions, but it doesn't have anything to do with Discovery Channel. Some Schiffman, uh, somebody, uh, David Schiffman, oh, co-author, um, said that it featured more white experts and commentators named Mike. Oh, okay, so now we've got a problem with the name Mike. Evidently, according to these people, he said, when there are hundreds of people of color interested who work in this field and when my field is more than half women, maybe it's not an accident anymore that they're only featuring white men. (sighs) What's not an accident is that that what's going on here is that they're literally delving into every aspect of our society to find something that they can complain about, something that they can attack. Nothing is safe. Nothing is. White men are not safe. There's no aspect. You're not allowed to have. In fact, I looked for a clip today that I saw on TV and I couldn't find anywhere. And it was a black woman who's saying that there will there will come a time where we will be done and whiteness will be gone. And that is the end game for some of these people. That's the end game. It's got to be. It's got to be. Because it is open season on what and apparently on white men named Mike who like to do reports on sharks. I don't know. So if you're if you're a white uh, marine biologist named Mike, you might want to think about changing your name. Just just an idea here for you guys. Tomorrow's hump day and we will be back. Let's keep the conversation rolling. Follow me on all the socials. Email me at AndreaKshow.com and join us right back here tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time. 
Love you all. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.